Welcome everybody once again to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Lanton, and as always, I'm joined by Tim Malloy and Keith Denny. And today we are diving into the weird, eccentric world of Marvel's Modoc. Um, currently streaming on Hulu, only on Hulu, also, and they want to make sure you know that. Um, and this is a show about the Marvel supervillain Modoc, uh, the dude with the big ass head. And he is um, actually in some trouble. His organization aim is run out of money and he is having trouble keeping his family happy. And it's about him trying to keep the balance between running his organization and keeping his family, you know, together. That's essentially what the synopsis is. The plot in the details goes so bonkers beyond that. It's, you know, uh, something we'll dive into uh going further but you know if you're into the idea of seeing that uh from a comedic aspect then this would be the show for you it is very strange though it's a very very strange show and it's unlike anything that marvel has done but not unlike we've seen with some comic book stuff recently including dc's harley quinn series that has been pretty successful so uh mm-hmm. overall uh tim i guess we can start with you what did you think of the show uh, all right. I want to caveat with a bunch of things. I really like Patton Oswald. I really like a lot of the people doing the voices in this. Um, ben Schwartz is great. I mean, Sh- Sam Richardson is great in everything. Um, John Hamm as Iron Man is super cool. I think everybody did a good job on it. I just kind of don't understand. I feel like the show is made for me, but I don't necessarily love it. Um it's a lot of stuff that's in my demo in that it's an obscure Marvel comics character. Uh, the jokes seem very like in my, in my area. And they did an entire episode about third eye blind, which is a band that I was obsessed with for years and years. And I'm, I'm just watching like, I can't believe anybody else can relate to this as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, if, but if I'm not like blown away by it, is anyone going to be blown away by it? Hmm. And I don't, yeah. I don't want to like, you know, shit on it because I, I get it. I, I think they do a pretty good job. I think it looks beautiful. It's just, can it be too obscure? Mm, okay. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's hold that question. I think that's definitely something worth worth jumping into. Uh, that specific um, kind of uh, thing there, uh, Keith. What about you? What did you think of the show? Hmm. Well, I, I mean, to to Tim's point, it wasn't nothing that I was just, lo- just like totally in love for, love with. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like something that you I could, if I wasn't just sitting there watching it to watch it, you know, to talk about it, I'd probably just have it on as background noise or something like that. Um, but I I think too, I I know Tim don't necessarily watch animated stuff like that too much. I'm kind of, and I, I think with me and you, we're, we're used to watching kind of like um, weird animated shows, whether that's Rick and Morty or fucking South Park. <laughs> or Infinity um, Train or yeah, know, yeah, yeah. regular so, show. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, so we're kind of used to like those obscure um, a- animated shows. And I kind of just tried to go into it with the mindset of like, I'm not really watching a Marvel show, but I'm watching another show that's kind of like those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
with that being said, those shows kind of did it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know. Um, but I mean, I was I was entertained if it just if I was gonna say my first initial thing, I was entertained though, if anything. Okay. Yeah, and you know, my I think, you know, I'm kind of where you guys are with the show. Um, and, you know, like thinking about like, is it too obscure? I don't even know if that for me is the issue. I mean, Harley Quinn is obscure. Archer is obscure. Um, there's a lot of examples of animated shows that do a lot of things with a protagonist who, you know, you're almost like, damn, is this person just just terrible? Like a lot of these shows that try this approach it's like it's not like they're going out of a way out of their way to be like you know fall in love with this character this person's great like they might make mistakes but like they're really good people at heart like that's not what what this show is at all um and so i think one thing that kind of has gotten mixed up is sometimes i think there's this whole thing with like the anti-hero and almost like maybe misunderstanding why people are like into that stuff one thing that kept happening in the show over and over and over for some reason so i watched i I did not watch the entire series i watched episodes one through seven and then i was like i really just want to see what happens at the end so i skipped eight and nine i went to ten which meant i I missed some really weird stuff um but the thing that's actually missing for me is is a thread to like really get me galvanizing in like immersed in the show is that i don't like anybody in it and, when, and i don't mean like that nobody's entertaining but i'm not rooting for anyone they're all kind of terrible and yeah. that can work for some people like i'm not a big fan for example for example of um it's always sunny in philadelphia i know there are people who love that show yeah i love that um, show yeah um yeah but but <laughs> see like for me like it, it's either got to be like crazy funny well, like I just feel like I need a rooting interest for somebody. I just never rooted for anybody, and, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I wanted everybody to fail and in like horribly. I just want but, them to suffer. But I don't. I don't. I guess. I, I guess that just that's a personal preference, though, too. Because yeah, I don't yeah that's what I mean. But, but yeah, that's what I'm about to say. I, I don't. I don't think that's why for me the show doesn't work on its own. I think for me, what kept happening was that whole thing about obscurity, right? Mm-hmm. I kept trying to just like pay attention to what was happening, moment to moment, and because of all the like it's so many jokes sometimes like i actually am not 100 percent sure what's happening anymore when i'm watching it and it made it hard to follow in moments i think with it's always sunny i can kind of see myself in every character like not that i'm proud of it but yeah i've had like a d moment i've had like a mac moment um and with Modoc, it's just he's such a ridiculous character on his face, on his giant face, that <laughs> there's no way to get like a foothold into that character um, and relate to him at all. I guess we can all relate to working at an office where people are a little bit too officey and fake. Um, but other than that, there just didn't seem to be that much for me to latch onto. And I, I don't have any prior history with him like I do with some Marvel characters. And sometimes Marvel can turn that to their advantage. Like, I don't think anybody had like a strong emotional connection with Ant-Man when Ant-Man came in, but you had Paul Rudd. So it was like, I like Paul Rudd. I like him in other movies. I'm kind of going to go along with this ride. Even if people didn't know Iron Man, they might've had a connection with Robert Downey Jr. And with this one, it's like, 
I do feel a connection with Patton Oswald from listening to pretty much all of his albums, but I don't feel like Modoc is Patton Oswald. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it does. I mean, and I think really, I think what you're you're getting close to nailing directly on the head is just this like idea of like what is why Modoc? Like, I mean, I almost feel like you could have done yeah. this show, especially with like a lot of stuff they're doing in the middle. Like you said that. I think there's a lot of really great humor. I don't know how far you guys got uh, for every episode, but there's this moment where like they're making fun of like office culture and like how to like delay having a meeting. Yeah. And, and pretending like there's a delay on the call. Yeah. And like the person who's like the executive is supposed to be leading it up. It's just like banging <laughs> their head against the wall. Like some of the stuff is really, really funny, but it's like, does this have any, is there anything specific that, to any of the stuff happening that like requires it to be in a Marvel universe with MODOK present? Like, um, yeah, no, I'm sorry. What are you going to No, 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 go finish? ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That was pretty I, no, I was going like, I was going to say to add to your point in a way is where, like, just like I said, I tried to look at it outside of like him being MODOK and a Marvel character. Mm-hmm. But even in trying to do that, there's a part of you where, yeah, you know, I I can deal with seeing this if it was like a uh, robot chicken episode. And I don't know, if, I'm, I'm not sure if every audience is familiar with robot yeah, chicken. Or, Tim, are you familiar with robot chicken? I just know that Seth Green and I think some of the other people involved in MODOK are also involved in robot chicken. Oh, okay. So maybe okay, they yeah. know. It's like so, it's like a sketch variety so animated with a lot of adult things and, and right. this kind of humor, but oftentimes a little more potty, a little more violent, like every other moment. But it's it's literally sketch comedy animated with this animation style. Right. The exact pretty much the exact same animation style. It looks a lot better in Modoc. No, yeah, 100 percent It looks great. Because now, now we have the technology to make puppets look better. But um <laughs> But that's that's a, it's hard for me to look at that and not look at it as being just a long robot chicken sketch sketch. Well, because um, the other thing, like, why couldn't this be episodic? I kind of just don't understand the the need for their full narrative, really. Right, like it could have been like The Simpsons or something if that was the case. Like that would have made so much more sense for this, right? But I think I think too because we have so many shows that's like um, that has that more episodic feel. Like um, it made me think. Of course, it's, I'm not comparing it to it, really, but it's like BoJack Horseman, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, BoJack Horseman is extremely episodic, but it has like this story that it's telling. And it can be very deep. It can be very dark. And it can be funny. It can be all of that in one. Yeah. And it works for BoJack, but not as much, I feel, for, for MODOK. And I think that the story is in MODOK, it isn't bad. Like, I, I mean, it was cool. Was some little stuff going on, but it just... I guess I guess so. My other thing, this is what I was thinking too, is that like like when you said why Modoc, that is a good question because it's like, and it's and it's not the the shit on the character of Modoc. It's just if if at one moment I thought, okay, is this like a response to DC's Harley Quinn? Right. Mm-hmm. I think part of why Harley Quinn works is because. Up to this point, people kind of start to like Harley Quinn, right? Okay. Yeah. But also, if you're a fan of DC, there's there's certain like little stuff about it that you can kind of, um, I guess you could say, you you can feel or kind of respect in Harley Quinn in a sense, right? It's mm-hmm. not too far off. The characters don't act too far off from their um, 
Yeah. So this is a great point. Keep going. Keep going. You know, so Batman is still Batman. Joker is still the Joker in a sense. Like, I mean, they're a little bit, you know, comic wackier. They're a little wackier, but they're but they're not so much to where it's not whack. It's wacky because it's put into a Harley Quinn um, context in a sense, right? So it could be easy mm-hmm. to say that this world is how through through the lens of the character whom, whom is Harley Quinn, right? Mm-hmm. And it works because she's already that type of character. Modoc isn't that type of character, right? Yeah. Not- wow. Okay. Yeah. You just said something pretty astute that I hadn't considered. And I think that's actually a very good point. Now, if it was Deadpool, it'd be a different story. Like you, you have a Deadpool comic. You can put a serious character in the Deadpool comic. And it still works, you know what I'm saying? Because this is Deadpool's world now that we're putting. If you put the Punisher in the Deadpool comic. The Punisher might be a tad bit funnier in comparison to when he's in his own shit or something. I don't know. Well, see, but, but then also on top of all of that, too, like, you know, I, look, I don't know if they thought doing it this way was somehow more authentic to how they wanted to portray that character because it's like he is somebody with a lot of capability, but he's like a loser. But one thing that was really weird was they just don't use the Marvel pro- property very well, I don't think. So in, mm-hmm. in Harley Quinn, it feels like they just said, hey, you know what? And keep it in mind, too, that, you know, Warner Brothers, um, you know, is, is a, well, excuse me, DC is a Warner Brothers property. They were like, hey, just any character you want to put in here, just put them in. Like, th- there's like a smorgasbord of DC characters in Harley Quinn in this show, right? It, it's like Iron Man, and then I mean, it's sinister. There's a couple other characters you might recognize, and if you're real deep into this, you might recognize Arcade. You might recognize, oh yeah, I know Arcade. some of those villains in the bar in Episode Three. But like, I was like, damn, I this is not even in my Rolodex. I mean, it's like okay, be cool and fun to look up, but I don't know who these people are. I don't really have a, a whole lot of cares about what's going on. It was almost like too deep a dive. Like you'd have to be like an ultra nerd. Yeah, like- that's that's the thing. It's if you take some of these characters like Harley Quinn and you put them in a cartoon. I mean, Harley Quinn came out of the Batman cartoon, right? So right, uh-huh. you put her in this. It, it makes sense to put her into a cartoon because it's kind of returning to her roots. But also, if you have the Margot Robbie live action version of Harley Quinn and then you go to the cartoon version, it feels kind of subversive because you're taking the the cartoonishness up a notch by literally making her a cartoon. Mm-hmm. But then MODOK, unless I'm mistaken, has been like a giant joke in the Marvel Universe for years and years. Like Hawkeye comics oh, wow. yeah. pretty recently. I think he was like a possibly cool, scary creature in like the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he's done damage before, to be fair, but it's been a long time. But like his, he's just again, as like a a guy with a huge face and tiny arms and tiny legs. He's just so, and like sort of a cyborg, cyborgian mastermind creature. He's just so silly. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine anybody like being afraid of Modoc. <laughs> in interesting about what you just said is, now again, I'm, I'm not doing a direct comparison, right? When I say this. So anybody who's listening, oh, they're not exactly the same thing. Obviously they're not. Um, in the place that, well, it's not a PlayStation game. So, and there was a, a, for this console, well, I guess at this point, the previous 
Okay. Actually, it's next gen too. So I'm like, you're talking about the new Avengers game? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Okay. okay. The new Avengers game, Modok is the main villain. But yeah. the way they yeah. work up to that is actually pretty cool. I mean, he does seem formidable and it doesn't feel like a total joke that he's present. They also have Monica in it. Yeah, they do have Monica too. It, it and Monica's really pretty cool in that. I actually really love her depiction in, in you know, um, in, in, in the games. And actually, I like her in the show a lot. She's probably my favorite character in the show. Yeah. Um, but the thing that, that really doesn't fit for, for the show, like, I think Monarch is definitely like, he's enough people will kind of recognize him if you read comics, but if you, he's not like in any other other mediums, right? Where you see Modoc. Again, that's not a big problem, except like he, if you're comparing, like if you, if you if you could smash DC and Marvel together, he's like a few steps above Kite Man. And that's okay. You can have a Kite Man, right? Kite Man's great in Harley Quinn. I love Kite Man. But what I don't want is like a whole bunch of Kite Mans in the show. Cause now I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. And that's what Modoc does. Cause like remember even like that episode three, it's like, okay, yeah, we got the we got the Marvel Park. We can do anything we want. Let's put a bunch of people nobody knows in here. It's like if you can embarrass Modoc, you can embarrass other villains. It's okay. You know, Something I love. I mean, I, I I would get excited to see like Armadillo pop up. And when Mr. Sinister <laughs> popped up, that was super cool. Yeah, yeah, but then I don't like again, I know they're supposed to be low tier and I know you're supposed to be catching them in bad moments, but like when Mandrill was sitting here banging his wife and then he like has this long dick that yeah. he just like got out and, and you know, it's just like, okay, like I I don't know how much embarrassment and mas- emasculation I want to see this entire time. And like, and, and really that wasn't even what was bothering me. It's the fact that Monarch's like not caring about nobody. And I know that's the point of, of the moment. Yeah. But it's like, okay, by the end of the episode, you feel like, okay, like he kind of has these people he kind of somewhat cares about a little bit. And then- melter dies and he goes to his funeral he's just crazy disrespectful and then you like don't see those characters again at least not through the rest of seven and ten maybe they show up in eight nine i don't know oh no they do show up in ten for something but they're just not they're just there is window dressing like they're not doing anything or impacting anything i I was thinking like would, would it have been funnier at the funeral for the melter if it had been live action and we had to like see actual people respond to the inappropriate stuff he's doing like would it have felt more dangerous and edgy and funny and maybe it's because they all look so ridiculous that it just nothing landed for me it's just like this is a computerized creature or a puppet or however they do it amazingly looks great a puppet making fun of other puppets i don't really care but yeah financial comic dog will go after live people and i think it's the funniest thing in the entire world so it isn't like a puppet thing i think it's a i i think it's that it just i i feel okay but but so but look here's a big difference there right in that case with that dog it's just like it's just there to make jokes in this show it's not just modok's not there to just make jokes you're supposed to you might not be empathetic to him but like you're supposed to have some reason to want to, to watch him you're not rooting for him right necessarily and you think he's being a jerk and i'm saying like part of him being a jerk is like pushing people away because he's hurt and doesn't want to be hurt that's me trying to get deep into it if i want to do a character analysis but the show isn't like necessarily clearly stating those things it's stating it by him saying like actually it even jumps to some conclusions i just don't love like there's i don't know how far you got but there's this moment where like they were talking about him and his son and like his son is using magic 
to keep people away. Like, like he's dealing, he's having a hard time dealing with the divorce and him doing magic is him being we so weird that it's pushing others away. And I'm like, who the hell would tell their child not to do a hobby they like because other people don't like it and, and it makes you so weird that people don't want to be around it's just I, I, that's such a dark pat Oswald joke though because he has like a whole thing about um when he used to go on tour as a comedian and he would perform with a magician <laughs> and he's performing with this like pissed off magician who doesn't want to be doing his act so he's like spitefully doing magic tricks He's I mean, a, that's really funny if you know that deep cut. He's a very there's so many weird patent deep cuts. But oh, I, oh, I could feel them. I could feel them. The burrows routine that Pat Oswald does is one of the funniest things ever. It's so funny. But it's like this show, I just I just don't want to go through the weird floating head guy to get to Pat Oswald. I would just rather watch Pat Oswald. <laughs> And it's weird because the show does so many things so good, but none of them require Modoc to be there. Like that's what's kind of weird for me. Like it's just Frank, like wrapping Modoc around it. I just don't know what that's adding to the material, and that's where it for me. Like I'm kind of unsure about the approach. The material itself, I think overall kind of works, but wrapping it around Modoc and then making all the people around him really just I, I guess by osmosis also crazy selfish and, and assholes like I don't know like it's a weird thing it feels like so many characters are flat well he has this foil in Austin Vandersleet who's super annoying but he's such a like stock lame character honestly yeah walk around talking like this I represent the conglomerate <laughs> like yeah that's just he's just not that interesting because there's so many of those guys in real life yeah, I mean, I think that's supposed to be the joke. And look, it's not like I didn't like any of that. I thought plenty of it was funny, but it was just like, again, you know, it just didn't feel Modoc specific. It just felt like these are some really fun jokes we wanted to tell about the tech industry and about celebrity and about divorce. But like none of them feel specific to this universe. I do want to just take this opportunity to take a shot at Travelocity um, because I've been in an argument with them for the last four days trying to get uh, a refund on a trip that we didn't take. Um, and dealing with them is pretty much exactly like what Modoc goes through trying to get his. <laughs> um, where like you say something and then they're like, cool, can you send me the confirmation? And you're like, yep, here it is. And they're like, thank you. We're checking on this. Do you have the confirmation? Yep. Just send it to you. Okay, can you send us a screenshot? Yep, just did. Here it is again. Like, so I think they did a good job of like getting the awfulness of corporations. They nailed a lot of stuff. I just don't know if we need Modoc. I, I, oh, there's so much good to say. It really is, though. How did the you guys feel about? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I don't want you to lose that point. How did you feel about the super third eye blind episode? Like, was that, did that resonate with anybody besides me? I mean, I happen to know the song you're talking about. I don't, I'm not like, that just felt like a deep cut. I was like, this ain't for me. I'm cool with it though. And in the singing in the mirror and all that, I was like, all right, cool, I'm with it. And then, you know, trying to go to the concert and all that. I mean, like, yeah, it was, it was all right, it was fine. 
it was so deep cut because they get they went pretty big on the second third eye blind album which isn't the album that everybody's into it's good it's good um <laughs> but it's not the super i love this album. deep analysis but <laughs> never let you go is great but it's definitely not the biggest third eye blind song i mean maybe i need to check billboard but semi-term life is way bigger as far as i remember and it was just an interesting choice to go that far into it. I mean, uh, that um, I maybe that adds a certain um, I guess you could say authenticity to it. I guess because it's yeah. just like sometimes when people talk about like their you know their favorite artists and they talk about their favorite <laughs> albums and stuff, most of the times it's not always the most commercial album or the most commercial song. It could yeah. be that album that some people may have forgotten about or people talk about less. Like when I was on um, doing shooting this high speed chase on the highway. Um, <laughs> uh, just for our listeners, Keith spent the weekend shooting high speed chase on a freeway uh, with no permits or anything. They just fucking went for it, which is the best shit ever. Humble brag. Look yeah. at that. So, super illegal shit. But anyway, um, <laughs> me and a young lady that was in the car with me who was acting as the DP. She was saying, um, we were just talking about Kanye West albums, for example. And I was thinking, you better not you say 808 Heartbreak. Huh? You better not say 808 Heartbreak. We mentioned 808 Heartbreak, you know, but but I felt like when Tim was just talking about Third Eye Blind, like there was, it was like that same type of conversation. Like we were talking about which one was our favorite Kanye mm-hmm. album. And surprisingly, she said Dark Twisted Fantasy. So it's a good one. I mean, yeah. And I said Late Registration, which would be his second album. That's your favorite one? That's that's, I think it's the best one. But that's that's what I'm saying. I, that would have made me think about Tim talking about Third Eye Blind. No one really talks about Late Registration. I think it's the best thing Kanye West ever created. But that's my personal opinion. It's the most morally consistent one. Maybe that's why I like it. one of the 15-minute song at the end, or is that? No, no, that's the first one. What's on late registration? Is that Gold Digger? That stuff like, yeah. yeah. Gold Digger's on there. You got um, Diamonds right. of Forever. You got... Um, that is a good album. Yeah, it's a great album. Yeah, but it's not the one... I don't think people talk about it a lot, you know. But it got... But but the songs that are like... Pretty much like what you mentioned, like Diamonds Are Forever and Gold Digger. There are songs on there way better than those songs. Like crack music. Like crack music. Like... Yeah. um. The motherfucking um, what, what was that song? Um, the, uh, come, please give me we, these flowers. We, oh, oh, we, we major. Um, oh, we, we major is cool. Yeah, we major in uh, celebration. Oh my god. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. Come on, man. But anyway, that's 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 why I was, my point. My whole point in saying this is that sometimes <laughs> when you the the deeper the cuts, the more authentic it feels. You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I buy that. I buy that. Yeah. I mean, someone. <laughs> Someone on that show, and probably a lot of people on that show, really like Third Eye Blind. So right. I I do feel like these are my people who made this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And technically, what what Modoc was Modoc supposed to be around your age range in a sense? I, okay, so I'm 45. I think I think they were trying to say that Modoc was in college after the second, after the second Third Eye Blind album. <laughs> which came out in the late 90s so basically early 2000s which means modok must be about 38 i guess oh wait a minute. okay so i'm i maybe early 40s 
maybe his early 40s. But okay. yeah, yeah. I, I felt like this was the most Gen X thing I've seen in recent years. I mean, obviously, oh, when yeah, I was, it's, it's super Gen X. Yeah. yeah like when I was like, you know, at the cultural peak of Gen X, when like Nirvana was coming out and stuff. OK, that might have oh. been more Gen X than this. But <laughs> I mean, Jesus, some of these references. And I think there's also something really Gen X about like subversive cartoons because we grew up watching so many cartoons and there's just this thing that started in the early nineties of let's hyper analyze cartoons and how they affected our psyches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just like a thing that only Gen X would do because only Gen X would have the education and the time um, without anything better to invest it in. Cause like now, you know, kids might be really even more educated than we were, but, they have a lot of other stuff to talk about. It wasn't like we grew up watching the same three channels. So they'll do like a deep dive on like Bridgerton or something while we had like the same data set to examine. Right. <laughs> With, Everybody watching the same shows, like 50 million people on average watching MASH and shit. Yeah. Like that. So let's analyze the shit out of Scooby-Doo and everybody has their theory on seals and croft or something i'm sorry i got a quick question real quick quick side side about since you brought about scooby-doo why the hell did they have so many pop songs in the middle when they were getting chased like i just noticed that again i mean i, I used to hum them and sing them when i was a kid and i started watching them with my son again i'm like these songs have nothing to do with the show I'm like hey girl you got me running nah 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 and i'm like what the i mean like, Hey, but when you think about it, I guess that that had to have been dope back then. It was though, groovy. Right? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I, just, I just don't understand what was groovy. going on. I, I'm like, were they selling albums based on Scooby Doo? I just don't know. Also, I just said Seals and Crop, which has nothing to do with cartoons. It just made me think of something else. They sing Summer Breeze. Sorry, everybody. No, no, nah. yeah, whatever. Just hey, 70s to me. One huge compliment I do want to give the show, and I again, I know. Um, yeah, I think I got further than you guys, and I skipped a few things, but uh, I really think this is one of the most fun versions of time travel and consequences I've seen. Yeah, I was just thinking about the time travel stuff. Is interesting. <laughs> so, I, and I don't know how frequently this has happened where somebody goes in the past and then they jump back to wherever they came from or go anywhere else, and then their their past self or their current self, wherever they went, follows them and can't get back either. Or gets back, but then that creates another time loop in problem. Mm-hmm. Like so, basically, just to give, because so in case you guys haven't seen it, so basically what happened was Monarch when he goes back to the past for the, the concert. Yeah. Of course, we saw how his other self goes back. Well, when his self went back, his self then went back more. <laughs> so so basically, the self went back to where the concert was. But he was like, all right, I'm going back to where I'm from. Then we went back to where he was from. He saw his self again. So he was like, oh shit, like it's two of me again okay that's a problem and then he went on this rampage to try to take out his current self in uh, the time we know but then we see the future so basically what happens like a bunch of multiverses happen and like he kept seeing he showed his current self all the ways he died and failed in life but there's this one version where he actually uh takes over the world fulfills his dream but in order for that to take place his family has to die right and he has to allow them to die. And so he chooses to allow his family to die. But then what you would see is like real quick, they show you this thing where like his, his self in the future basically does stuff to send his 
the past self we've seen going back or all these different places, he forces him to go back and tell that current self, hey, do this to pretty much guarantee that this happens. And then he tries to keep finding ways to bring his family back after he's already conquered the world and killed all the Avengers. Yeah. I thought that was dope. Yeah, it's pretty clean. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and, but but it's like you got to get through so much to get oh, to that. Yes, you do. That's like what the last two episodes or something. Yeah, the, now all that happens like in the last episode. But well, the yeah, yeah I guess you could say. Well, yeah, you know, I, mean, I, don't know, build, I don't know. I don't know because I didn't see eight nine. I skipped eight nine. I, I oh well, yeah, it does. It does like kind of build up into it. So did you did you see the episode when he he created the portal that was pretty much a trash shoot that was going straight to mm-hmm. Asgard? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why that shit was funny as fuck. I was like, the show that was so funny, but like, that's so weird. Like, dog, them, uh, what what were them little party aliens? Oh, yeah, that was for Tim. Please tell me you saw that episode. Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. They partying people to death. Oh, my goodness. That that was a trip. I really, I felt bad for his daughter. Yeah. Helping this man, and he keeps betraying the trust over and over and i'm just like man and she keeps telling him hey i'm hurting i really need your attention too not just your son and he's like eh, who gives a fuck about you all right anyway i'm like i don't i just sometimes i can't tell like i get he's an ass but it's just like i don't it's just so hard to to want to see him succeed or even like do any kind of well at all ever now you know, and then you know, in episode eight, I did see the very beginning episode eight, where basically they, they do the um, the twist from the beginning of Austin Powers two. Uh, which one is it? What's the name of that one? So it's first is Spy Who Shagged Me, it was, huh? The second one, Spy Who Shagged Me. Yeah. Oh, that, that's the second one. Okay. The well, first the one is the man, international man of mystery. I yes. Guess. Yes. Okay. So in the Spy Who Shagged Me, the beginning, uh, his wife is a fembi. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, in the beginning of episode eight, like his whole family, he realized everything is going a little too well, and you know, then all robots. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, I, that was a little funny throwback to to you know that stuff. He he yeah, was had what his wife said. I watched you had sex with a robot multiple times, and not realize it was a robot. But then on one end, I think he did mention that he knew it was a robot or something. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I did. Uh, I had talked to somebody about who had seen the show. They said he did know. So I'm going to assume that's what happened. Yeah, he did know it was a robot. Yeah. He just wanted to get it in, whatever. The corporate episode where uh, he does the presentation. First, I like that John Hamm is a guest on that episode as Iron Man, but they do a Mad Men parody that I thought was really funny where one person just runs off and goes, I have to go. I'm having an affair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't catch it. That's actually really funny. It's a great callback to I think it's the season finale of Mad Men in season one. It's the one with the uh it's not a <laughs> it's not a it's not a wheel, it's a carousel. And it's an amazing presentation of like this carousel of photographs that represents your family and your life. And uh it's just beautiful. It's one of the most beautifully written scenes in the history of television. And it's really funny that they made fun of it. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, man. The show has so many things like I'm just enjoying, but it's just like they're just I mean, there's small things, but the things that kind of like envelop the whole show. Like it just doesn't feel Modoc specific enough to justify doing the entire show around that character. Um 
and, and that's yeah. what's frustrating because like it means the other parts of the material kind of feel a little weird. Now on one end, if you did a Deadpool show, but you still had that Modoc like on it, you know what I'm saying? That would be fun. Yeah. If he was like, like I, really. Yeah, like he he's on it. He's still the family man. He still got that going on. I think that's cool. Like as a side character. But I just but I, I don't the thing know is it, the whole show. I'm even kind of cool with like everything. Like, okay, like the, the basic premise, the family, the aim, all right, cool. But like uh-huh. it's like, do I need divorce here? Do I need some of these other elements? Like, I don't feel his his emotional journey. Like, I know that he's saying he loves his family, but he's not really showing it. And it's fine for somebody to struggle through that, but He's not really having growth other than the fact that he will do things when he feels like people are getting ready to leave him. And again, if he's like a sociopath, I get that, but I just don't connect with how it's currently like the way they chose to do this narrative. It doesn't really work for me. That's the issue. And I like a lot of stuff they're doing in it overall, but like, some of the choice it's like if you're going to make a choice to do that if you're not going to make it episodic you're going to have them do this kind of stuff once you keep having characters do things that are kind of like borderline despicable because even like i was shocked what they did with jody where they had her being so obsessed with getting the becoming the number one bookseller that like she just became a complete oh yeah a a jerk off i was like i don't her little thing with wonder man yeah and she was just like yeah, you know, I'm just dating you for the. He's like, are you just dating me for the fame? She was like, yeah. All right. So anyway, yeah, we need to like set this up so like the paparazzi will be there. And da, da, da. I'm like, I mean, I kind of liked her. Yeah, Jody was thick. I like <laughs> what the uh, what the past him has said. You you running around here with this big hipped woman, and then he said, what you'll realize as you get old older, you like women with junk in their trunk or something like that. And then, oh, and then, well, look, then they made the joke again the other way when she was a Wonder Man. And he was like, well, when did she start liking ass? I forgot how he put it, but. <laughs> I was like, sometimes the jokes don't fall flat and they're fun and they're just whatever. But there's so many times it just feels like they're filling time, like they're filling runtime, just like improving or something. And I'm yeah, just like, I, I don't know if this really works. And some of it is, yeah. Some of it feel like improv. Like, even when the publicist was trying to tell her how to dress, and she said, that sounds like Carmen San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> and she was She's so like, that's because it is. Because it was Carmen San Diego. And then she said, well, she was like, uh, well, she kept saying, I'm not comfortable with you calling me a pig. She was like, well, I don't want to call you a bitch. So I'm calling you a pig because pigs are smart and they solve problems or whatever the fuck she said. <laughs> And I just like <laughs> that could solve. It's just like how people be like fucking with words and just it is just like it just goes like just never in the cycle of like all right, like where are we drawing the line here? And I mean, let's just think, I I enjoyed like a lot of the tiny stuff they were doing like that. One of my favorite things even was like the I think I was called but like the loaf restaurant. Oh yeah. That sounded great. Yeah. The night loaf restaurant. That sounded so good. That sounds ridiculous. Medieval, and then medieval themed. And then, like, I'm kind of, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I rolled my eyes so hard when the um, Melter. So he was like, I mean, and look, because remember they did this in Army of the Dead too. That's what made it so funny. Because we were gonna talk about it last week, and then it servers failed. It zoomed. Da da da. But 
so they're sitting there talking about like the name of some restaurant he's like well yeah I, i'm not gonna tell you that and he tells him like at the beach and then like he, and then uh, more goes hey everybody da, da, da. and then he's like melter and then he's just dead and i was like it's like okay like did they do this i mean i clearly they didn't foresee they did it before seeing army of the dead but they did the exact same thing in that movie like it was a clear death flag i knew he was gonna die and when yeah. they didn't go to avengers tower i was like oh he's not gonna die and then, like, he just dies chilling at the beach. I was like, oh, god dang it. That was one of those things where it's like, this is clearly a beautiful homage to something. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, what is it, though? <laughs> I just feel like it's something. I feel like it's something i just seen before. You know, like, I don't think it's a particular movie, but it's, like, something that you see in movies a lot. Yeah, so maybe so, they were making like, fun of the motif of doing that. Right, sort of like how you see in action movies, people walking away slowly from an exploding building. The best, yeah. like, and, or um, I don't, I mean, it's just certain motifs that you so just see a whole lot. Walking, yeah. Huh? Would they just drop the gun and keep walking? Just calmly drop. Right. <laughs> but you know what's funny? Okay, so so Tim, you know how we know for a fact though? Like, like let's just say I had never even known this show was a thing, and I was like, these are the robot chicken guys. Like when they go into that pawn shop in that same episode, and dude just like he takes Man, that pawn just, shop. Dude just keeps cutting himself, and, and he's like, you talking about the taste of the metal and shit." I was like, "This is the weirdest shit." That is so. That's the most robot chickenish thing on there. Yeah, like it's, they just be doing stuff, and like uh, again, like, do I need Modoc for that? I don't need Modoc for that moment. Like, you can just do that. Period. Like how they did it. So again, my the thing is, you the the way they did stuff for Harley Quinn, for example, you can't just throw any character in there and just be doing the shit they was doing. And I think, you know, if they make a new season, what they've got to figure out is how to make it really feel true to that character. Because that's the thing for me that's like taking it, like keeping it from being a thing that that really goes to the next level. Like, why is he there? Why is he important? And, you know, how does his presence as a character elevate the show? Because I feel like, like you said, Patton Oswald, you know, happy to have him there, but why is Modoc there? And that's what I feel like they haven't figured out yet. Like I said, it's just it's just a running robot chicken sketch. That's what it, it made me like. think about um did, did you ever see the one where it, it was the Muppets behind the music? <laughs> that one was that one was crazy. The one with um Optimus Prime had a um terminal illness. That kind of disturbed me a little bit. And when he died, turned he transformed into a coffin. Oh my god! It's like fucked up. But but to this day, the funniest one was the um because you know they did a lot of Star Wars ones. Too. Yeah. Was um it was just that little thing with the gummy bear and the bear trap. I ain't seen that. The one when he was he was dancing. I'm so happy. I'm a gummy bear, gummy bear, and he stepped hey, in I the bear trap. Robot chicken and man, we used to be up. Man, it used to come on late at night. Like that shit be the last thing I used to see before I went to bed. It'd be tripping. Course, and you wake up to it, right. and it'd be like tsunami finishing. I know we um, I know we about to get out in a second. I just wanted to say something that's kind of unrelated to Modoc, but it's related to Marvel. But have you guys saw the Eternals trailer? Yeah, yeah. I just want to say it here, so it's said because I haven't really heard people talking about this. 
I believe this is gonna be the movie that definitely leads to the X Men being in the MCU. Oh, wow. I can just see, I can just see the connections now. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm say, I'm, say I'm, more because I, I don't see okay. it. But go okay, okay, I'm gonna break it down. All right. First, I'm gonna bring up WandaVision. And for those of you who haven't seen WandaVision that's listening, just just cut out of this part, just skip this. But do y'all remember? So in WandaVision, where old girl was talking about, um, I forget what the villain was in WandaVision, but they were talking about the chaos magic and stuff, right? Yeah. They hint towards it somewhere in their conversation that Wanda already had it in her. But when she um when they did those experiments with the Tesseract, it just brought it out. Right. From within her, right? So what I think they already hinting towards there being a possibility that there are people who have latent mutant abilities, right? And so I started looking into the internals because I don't know shit about the internals, honestly. And so turns out, and I I, I think Tim and Aaron, I don't know about how much y'all know about the Eternals, but they were created by these beings called the Celestials. Mm, and so the Celestials were like these deities that were also like scientists in a sense, right? So they created these, um, from my understanding, it was three different races. It was the the, uh, the, the mentors, the mentors, I don't know, somebody's going to correct it. The Eternals and then like the, the races that were more like humans and stuff, right? Mm. So the humans were created as kind of more of an experiment over time to see like how they will evolve over time, right? So eventually they knew that they were going to evolve to where like they have like these latent superpowers or latent abilities, whatever you like to call it, that will manifest at a particular time. Huh? Homo superior. Right. Which becomes these homo superiors, right? So as we know in Marvel comics, that happens like early on in the history within Marvel because mutants just come, just just pop up. But when you go back through X-Men in the in in the history, it seems like there wasn't that many human mutants at first. But then like after the 80s and stuff, there was just more and more people that were becoming mutants, more so around their adolescence and stuff, right? Okay. So since the Eternals, in a way, are a connection to the Celestials, and the Celestials are where pretty much all these characters within the Marvel Universe get superpowers. Because there was another thing that I found out, too, was that it also explains why there are certain characters in Marvel, when exposed to certain stimuli, they survive, where others don't survive. For example, Peter Parker getting bit by a radioactive spider, Captain America and the Super Soldier Serum, um... Bruce Banner and the Gamma Rays. Yep. They already had that latent um, gene within them, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I'm thinking, this is my theory, more mute, more people with powers are going to pop up in the MCU and they're going to be labeled as being mutants. And the stimulus that what, what makes this happen is more so people who came back after the snap. Oh, or, something happens in Eternals that explains it. But I think they might go with that, that people who came back after the snap start to um, gain some type of abilities. They probably had to be at least one more condition, though, because they had to be half the population, and that's not going to make sense. It will be half the population. It's half the population in the comics. Mute? No, no. Back before Wanda even did House of M stuff, like, they weren't 
half the population wasn't mutants. I mean, maybe it would have gotten there. Well, half but... of half of them were mutants, but then you gotta remember half of them. I, I know we sound nerdy as hell right now, but a lot of them died off too because of the um, what is it called the legacy virus. Yeah, legacy so lot... virus happens, but that I mean, it doesn't kill billions of mutants though. Shit. Look, man, really, look, it's been a long time really, since I read really, the nineties legacy virus comics. That's a that's a long time ago. But but just think about it. when you look at Marvel, the majority of their heroes are mutants in some type of way. Well, I mean, okay, so but they're not classified as mutants. So you know, yeah, they might not be classified, but a lot of them are mutants. The majority, so, so, the vast majority of them are mutants. So for example, they, they just retconned Franklin Richards, so the the son of Sue Storm and uh, Reed Richards. He was a mutant, and they just reckoned him to not being one. Now, I don't know if that has something to do with what they're about to do with the MCU, because a lot of times when they're doing these sorts of retcons in the comics, it's because of something they're going to do in the MCU. But 1,000% a mutant. That is so core. I reject this storyline. I, I don't think it makes sense at all, honestly. But you <laughs> well, know. For, for Franklin Richards not to be a mutant. Well, yeah, he's a mutant, but they just said he wasn't not too long ago. Said basically he wanted to be one, therefore, blah, blah, blah. I guess what Let's Don't worry about jumping deep. Hanging I'm out, just saying like they just. Back. Oh, come on. It's it's stupid. But um, basically, prior to that, somebody who was born with powers was considered a mutant, pretty much. In right. general, and other people who got their powers in some way that they were not born with it. See, I think I think that really had been known the distinction. People born with powers were considered mutants, and then people who got powers other ways weren't necessarily considered mutants. They were cons- considered superhuman people, right? Or superpowered people, however you want to put that. Right. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there will be a distinction like what you're talking about, Keith, in the MCU and what they choose to do. Yeah, but. But also with the, the the caveat to the to the whole being born with powers thing is that most of them didn't they didn't um their powers didn't manifest until a certain point in time, and then there's also characters that are mutants that have no powers that if you that that gen, genetically they're mutants but they never had any powers like on um, Victor Creed's son who was like the um the the mutant hater guy I can't and it think does of happen but um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not trying to straight up deny what you're saying. It's just the, what you're speaking to, that was way more, more rare than than you know. So it was very rare to have been somebody with a mutant gene but not uh have powers. Or what they did later, of course, is the thing we go, oh, he, they just hadn't awakened yet. Yeah, um, well, you know what I'm saying? They usually don't awaken until their adolescence, like the majority of X-Men were yeah. not the a good deal of them had their powers in their adolescence. Even Magneto didn't show his powers till he was a, a teen in the concentration camps. Yeah, yeah the movies do a good that. job even of showing that. Yeah. Um, There's always that like puberty mark because like kids, the kids reading the comics are like, oh my gosh, I'm changing. And then Stan Lee is like, <laughs> yeah, just like Iceman changed and was suddenly able to create ice trails when he turned 13, just as you have... <laughs> Strange. You're right. You're. It's a total marketing thing. That's really funny. Though. <laughs> yeah. I. Th- I think. I think somehow. I don't know exactly how, but with them bringing in the Eternals, that's gonna lead to there being mutants showing up in the MCU. Well, I'll say this: when Camille Nagiani 
is out here, you know, looking like he the brand new uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger out here. Then, yeah, I mean, may, maybe, <laughs> you know, I mean, he sculpted his body in real life to be like that. That ain't CGI, you know. He was exposed yeah. to race. Yeah. I mean, he apparently really enjoyed it, I guess. <laughs> he said, all right, I'm ready to do it. And they said, all right. That's great, Kamel. Uh, what we're going to need you to do is uh, drive to Arizona. We're going to drop a nuke. You're going to have to stay inside this little thing. Once those rays hit you, you're going to feel some changes. Uh, you'll need to drink a lot more than you used to. Have a steady workout, and then we'll see you on set. <laughs> that man looks sculpted. It's insane. Like, I just never would have. He do, but he, he also, like, has admitted he never worked out in his life. Like, it's kind of. It's kind of I mean, one of them things where, like, you you really don't know what your body would look like if you didn't if you've never worked out consistently on a consistent basis, and you know, you got the person who's trying to. They did a good job, though. Looking like Mississippi girl out here. Yeah, man, ridiculous. Well, he 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 said his wife told him if if she met him looking like that, she wouldn't have dated him. She would think something was seriously wrong with him. <laughs> Like man, I I think he like this is my thing. I think he looks sculpted, but I mean I don't think he looks unreal. Like he's not like he ain't the rock. Yeah, he 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 not somebody like that's how a person can look like that. Like your everyday person can look like that. But you, I guess what's funny is like I, like I'm trying to think what was happening where they're like, hey, you got to look like this for the role. Like what? How much is he gonna have his shirt off? No, I don't even think that's what it was. I think they, I think they offered them to work out. Like this is what I think really happened. Okay. I don't even think. I think they just said, "Hey, you, you know, we want y'all to look like you know superhero type characters." And Angelina Jolie was like, "I already look like one." Yeah, I guess you could choose to do it or not. And I think that he was like, "Yeah, I'm about to join this Marvel boot camp so I can get in shape." Like I don't, I don't. I don't think he really had to do that. So what you're saying but, is he's not cool with Robert Pattinson. That's the best part. Yeah. That's the best part <laughs> of a Marvel movie, though, is they're like, hey, uh, do you want to play whoever? And it's like, are you going to give me a trainer and like an incredible regiment? And I'll be in the best shape my entire life? Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I'll do that. I'll do it in a second. Absolutely. Yeah. And then every time you go out with something that like, wants a pizza, you can be like, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to play Ant-Man. Also, motherfucker, you out here kickboxing in real life, by the way. Don't be acting like you just some regular Joe Schmo. Like, oh, oh, working out, that's so tough for me. Like, you be out here in these streets, in these gyms. I mean, I mean, every every everything regular till you do it, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess that's how I look at it. <laughs> oh man. Well, thank thank you for the uh the theory. I you're probably on to something. I don't know if it's going to be straight up mutants. I think it'd probably be even like a melding of a multiverse kind Man, of thing. I think, I think, but maybe that's they, gonna happen to Doctor Strange. It literally they might multiverse not, in the they title. might not define them as mutants in the beginning, but I think it's gone. But, but I also think this is my other part to the theory. I don't want to keep us talking all night. I think that they're going to already be certain characters that already had this mutant gene. But it's just not gonna be classified as a mutant thing until like there is more people that's popping up with powers. Well, let me tell you something. You call Spider Man mutant, you're gonna have the comic book community upset. (laughs) Upset as a mug. Oh, I kind of wanna see it now. But in a world, you gotta think about like in the MCU, like if 
there's a whole bunch of random people popping over superpowers. And then it wind up being divided between the people with powers and without powers. And then you just, the, the, the people might classify him as a mutant because he has, in a, in a sense, in the comic book, people have thought like, what is, is Spider-Man like some type of mutant or some shit too? Yeah, he's been um, accused. Yeah, he's been accused of being a mutant, but we all know as readers that he's not a mutant, but it makes logical sense. That oh yeah, that did happen. Y'all right, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think like maybe have like Professor Xavier and Magneto like they already have been mutants, mm-hmm. but they but you know they like such a small group at this point that they just you know remain quiet and stuff. Um, I don't know. That's 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 my deal. But anyway, I know we got to go. We talked about Modoc, went into some extra Marvel stuff, so. Well, look, if y'all made it this far, you know you love the pod, definitely recommend to a friend, give us a review, five stars, hopefully. Uh, and hopefully. definitely subscribe, check us out. We're out every Thursday. Um, check out, of course, Movie Maker, the uh, accompanying articles that come with the pod, as well as all of the latest and greatest news on, you know, people making movies, like, and shooting where they're making them, and just all over the board, man. Like Movie Maker has what you want, so uh, hey, definitely man. check them out. Yeah. Uh, Keith, also, as always, I was gonna say. Um, oh no, you you want to finish with something? What was it? No, no, I was just gonna say. Also, y'all can follow us on social media on Facebook and also on Instagram at the Low Key Pod. Yeah, normally I like give you an alley oop there, and my my brain just kind of it, it for some reason that just wasn't in the list. Yeah, I was waiting for the ball, but I just okay, <laughs> he just took the ball off my hand. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. Like I was, I was watching the play. Oh shit! I should, I should be throwing it right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think that that's it. That's what we got for now. We're gonna have some other awesome stuff next week, and we'll holler at y'all next time. All right, peace, peace. peace.